Good morning. Hey, brother. How are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. Ah, yes. Good morning. Good morning. I like, I like this morning idea. Yeah, I do too. Although it's seven for you and six for me, but... Well, you just get an extra gold star. That's true. <laughs> you were probably yeah. up since six, six anyway, but... Yeah, back and forth. Wake, awake and in and out of sleep. I would say back and forth. Yeah, yeah I'd get up again, I'd get down again. I'd again, lay down again. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. In and out of sleep. <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> That's funny. Uh... <laughs> So, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Um, well, hey, I'm going to jump right into it because I want to I ask you something. Because I was thinking a little. I knew we were talking, obviously. So, I was just sitting there thinking while I was making my coffee. And I'm like, this is really the point. Here you and I are. We, we did it. We did Lent. We read devotions. Success. Huh? Success. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we read devotions every day. We talked about Lent, the ideas, the themes, like we tried to keep a conversation going and we like did this thing together. It felt really yeah. good to do it. It felt like yeah. more intentional about Lent than I've been in a long time. Yeah. Um, and then Easter was still different this year with the pandemic, but like my family, we celebrated it. We, we, we spent time on Easter thinking, talking about the story, about the message of Easter. Yeah. And now it's not even what uh, it's fine not even days, a week but, yeah not even yeah. a week later and part of me is like who cares <laughs> <laughs> what does it matter like yeah okay you know i want to say i tend to want to say i'm someone who believes in resurrection but it's like do yeah. i like what what's changed who do i even hold it for a week right so that's that's where i'm at this morning man so tell me about resurrection that's what i want to say i want to say tell me about resurrection kyle just <laughs> Just tell you about it. Yeah, and make it real for me. You know, no small thing here, but... Yeah, you'd like me to do all the work for you. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> well, I always think... Uh, you know, that's the other thing, too, is that Easter is actually a season, right? In the church. Yeah, yeah. We, and that, and that's, I think that's even more tragic, right? Like, when we're... And tragic is, an, is a strong word to use, but, like, yeah. outside of the church is one thing, but even inside of the church. I mean, right. I remember having to pull people back into Easter because Easter is eight weeks long. The season yeah. is eight weeks long. And so, um, uh, yeah, so that's the hard part. Hold on. It's just one second. Hey, buddy, yeah, just go watch TV. I'll be done in a few minutes, okay? I'll be done in a few minutes. Go talk to mama. Um, that's the hard part. And so, I mean, I, I used to even... Um, I remember one Sunday, maybe it was even just like the second or third Sunday of Easter, I would, um, uh, I would, I would have them sing uh, the the Christ the Lord is risen today, like we always do on Easter morning. Oh yeah. And um, and I even started, I even started a my sermon. I well, that's the hard part of the sermon, but I even like tried to say like Happy Easter in the at the beginning of the service again, like the second <laughs> or third week into Easter. 
they all thought it was some sort of joke I was playing on them. Funny. <laughs> so Are you just your voice just cut out there for one second. You got nothing? Is that what you said? Oh, uh, maybe. I, yeah. Uh, no, I said like I was playing a joke on them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like they they weren't they weren't sure how to respond. So, anyways. Yeah. And I and you know I don't know I I can admit to you that as a a pastor it's easy to sort of whatever tease or play jokes or to like prod the congregation but I don't know what I do in my life to keep Easter alive for eight weeks. Right. Oh man, that's so, and that's what's stupid, right? Like we're just, how do we not keep hold of that too? Like especially, like you say, in the church, especially as Christians, like that's what the whole thing's supposed to be about. Like every Sunday is supposed to be a celebration of that, right? That's what the Catholics say. Yeah. Or did so, your, or did your, uh, your uh, Wisconsin Synod Lutherans, did they do that too? Um, or you were Missouri. Wisconsin? Well, yeah. Don't forget. I've had quite the uh, evolution there. I've, I've been, I've been all the Lutherans. <laughs> oh, you've been all the Lutherans. <laughs> um, Tried them all on for a time. Yeah. Yeah. But, Oh, I think we, we don't talk about it as much as Catholics probably, but I think somewhere in the, in the books, in the theology, you know, we would say, yeah, that's, that's what Sunday's about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, you're saying every, every Sunday should be that. Right. But, you know, obviously, so yeah. And the real point is for you and me, we're not interested in, you know, doing the religious thing, how it ought to be done, but like, okay, so what's the notion there? The notion is like holding on to this, this message, right? So we, even here, we're trying to li li live into it. We're trying to talk about it. And I too, like I say, already, I feel like just it's come and gone and, and who cares, you know, if it's a day, if it's a season, who cares? What, what difference is it making in my life? Um, yeah. And I say that, as a lamentation, but also as a challenge to myself, right? Like, okay, Joe. <laughs> um, yeah. Is this going to be about anything or is this just going to be fun thing to talk about for a while? Um, yeah. I mean, I, um, again, this is just me going back to church and I don't know how helpful this is or not, but <laughs> um, a couple of times I have suggested um, post Easter or even on Easter, um, that we need fewer people to believe in Easter. And I wonder how much of a hindrance that becomes, um, yeah. th that we've turned not just the resurrection, but, you know, all the Christian things into just a belief system. Um, right. <clears throat> and it would probably be okay if it was even a system, but it's barely that it's a list really. It's a, it's a, you know, a dry, list that has nouns on it you know not nothing that's alive nothing that's moving nothing that's transformative nothing that like you're saying like nothing that like we hang on to to carry with us and um so i've said i've said a couple of times that you know we don't need anybody else to believe in the resurrection we need more people who see it and um you know intentionally playing on the words you know the the words of seeing is believing and I, yeah. and in general, I don't, I don't agree with that because seeing is not believing, um, <laughs> right. but when it comes to the resurrection, I feel like 
I think there's something about where have we experienced it? And, um, and that gets difficult too, because none of us have seen someone come back from the dead. And, but even that becomes too literal in, in some ways. Um, but where do we just, I, I think it comes down to where do we see things that are alive? Um, yeah. Or being reborn in a way or. Yeah. Or have the potential to be, you know, whereas somebody else would dismiss something you know, through the, through the lens of resurrection, things look alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I don't know about that. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to do with that necessarily either. Um, well, yeah. And that's like, so I, I love that thought, right? Like, um, what comes to mind to me is like the rebirth of maybe some small towns, you know, I'm sure there's also kinds of examples of areas of the country where, things seemed pretty bleak, but then, but then a new idea came in or, yeah. or maybe a new resource, who knows, you know, over the course of time, of course. Um, but that notion of like seeing life everywhere we look. Uh, yeah. I love that. I definitely want that. You know, there's something in that that strikes uh, at my heart and my soul and imagination in a way that's really uplifting and, um, I think we all want that, but it's, it's hard to hang on to. That's for sure. Yeah. And then, and then, the, you know, the quote unquote religious side of me says, well, but that's different. <laughs> you know, for some reason <laughs> I want to make that different, um, which is stupid. Different. How, what do you mean by that? Well, like you said, that that's not part of the list, right? Oh, that's not, sure. uh, um, yeah. Which I have to say when you said it that way, immediately what came to mind is the apostles creed and the, how our creeds sometimes get used in churches as like a checklist. Yeah. I believe this, 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 and this check, 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 check. Okay. I got it. Good reminder. Now, now let me get back to my uh, shopping. <laughs> yeah. The question is, is what do any of those things mean? Yeah. And if believing means, you know, I heard, <laughs> I think, you know, that there's this, I think I can just say it, this awful radio station um, on yeah. the side of the state <laughs> that on the east side of the state, it's NPR. But as we drive back home, it turns into this often awful, uh, like American family radio or something. And, yeah. and, it, and, it, and during the fall, it was the most blatant, like use of religion for conservative political use and it was and it was just bashing democrats and we even say we are the good ones i literally heard them say that we are the good ones they are the bad like there was they, there was there wasn't even any like subterfuge like they just said it so anyways um I, but i did hear the other day it was on the radio again jamie when i get in the jeep and jamie's been on the east side i was listening to it again and they're talking about believing being, you know, something that we deeply hold in our hearts. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I think that's parts true. But I also think that believing is about emotional knowledge and our emotional knowledge is, is what drives our behavior. Um, and so yeah. I think about that, I, I, believing being the things that we behave as though they are true. Yeah. And so that there's some there you know there's always the the argument between paul and james which i i've never thought they've actually disagreed with one another but that faith without works is dead 
and it's not and it and it does it's it's not that we're saved by our our works as it has been translated into but it doesn't do any good to say you have faith in something if it doesn't show up somehow like it's not it's not it doesn't you know like it's there's not something that can be seen in how you live differently because of it wait 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 you're saying i have to live differently i'm not oh, saying no. it <laughs> and you you do whatever you want joe <laughs> and again this is and it's not about perfection right and it's not about always getting it right like that's not possible and that's that's the that's the like the other extreme right that makes it sound right, dumb right, yeah. Like, no, if you, it's not about, it's not about getting all the things right. It's just like people, you can, I don't know, you know, when somebody sees possibility, you know, when somebody feels joy, you can tell when somebody, yeah. you know, engages with the world as though it's alive rather than dead yeah. or rather than just pawns in my own chess game that everyone's there for my function or my desire to move yeah. around. Or those people, those those people who, you know, tr trust that the world is loving and safe and kind and, and they interact with the world in that way. Right. Like even when, even treated. when it isn't right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's the whole point. It's, it's being able to look and see the world as it is and then still choose to behave as though we live in a loving world. Yeah. Or that love is, is still the, the force that, either wins or is worth investing in in yeah. spite of all of the shit and the ugliness and the destruction. And I mean, evil, like, yes, even evil. Yeah. There was that good, um, that good piece. I think we both read about Saturday, right? About the, the time mm. between Friday yeah. and, and Sunday in regard to it. not not weekly, but I mean, we sh I mean, we should hold it weekly, but or we could hold it weekly. Well, I think um, it even referenced the the Sabbath, the Saturday, and the Jewish yeah. religion is a weekly deal. Yeah, but to really meditate on what that meant in the <coughs> in in the Christian story of Easter, yeah, that Saturday was just that total time of unknowing. Yeah, um, but that we all have to go through it. But I just think, as you're talking now, like this is this is the call of Easter, maybe. Um, mm. to to continue to live in that Saturday mindset, but we do we have seen what, like you said, we've seen resurrection, or we've become people who at least have experienced this story enough to have it prick our imaginations and and start to imagine what the world could look like. But we do kind of we have to remain in Saturday, right? And it's um. I was also just reading something about how, you know, but that's always where God shows up in these liminal spaces, right? Times yeah. of transition. Yeah. Times of transition too, which really speaks to where we are as a culture and society these days. I mean, man, if we're not in transition, um, right. you know, in, in major ways, uh, economically, geopolitically, uh, environmentally, uh, all kinds of ways. So we are in one of these spaces where we don't know what things are going to look like. And we, we know they aren't what they used to be. Right. Um, so can we, can we see the world with, with, through that lens of, of life, of the potential for life of, with imagination for what could be not just skepticism about, 
uh, ourselves or human nature or mm-hmm. or how we always f it up you know <laughs> yeah uh, and i know i fall into that big time uh, yeah well not just skepticism flat out cynicism right like yeah. this is one of these things where we mix those two words around and they're not the same thing mm-hmm. skepticism is great cynicism is dead right. is deadly Yeah, I think I was thinking about that the other day, too, that we talk about hope and despair as being opposites. But I think cynicism and hope are, are have some uh, oppositional tension between them as well. You know, that's good, because just as we say this, too, I am sick of being a cynic. Like I said about judging a couple of weeks ago, I was just sick and tired of it. I'm sick of being cynical, too. I don't want to be cynical. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe that's what resurrection is for our culture these days. It's the alternative to cynicism. Yeah. But it's hard because part of the reason I say that is because I've paid a lot of attention to the news, to politics over the last <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> yeah. You've been pretty and attached. It's made me jaded and cynical as hell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I don't. I don't want it either. I want to shed it. I want to look at the world and imagine possibility and, and the good things and what we could be together as a people. Um, yeah. What this life can be about. Um, and, and, um, Oh, I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, that's good. <laughs> imagine what this life could be about. And I think that's the beauty of Richard Rohr too. I think a couple of weeks ago we were talking about, his idea of a benevolent universe and how it's just such a huge idea. And that, you know, for as all about love and grace and inclusion and expansive ideas of God as I am, I struggle with how big that idea is. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the piece that's part of the piece is to say at what, at what level of perspective are we seeing the world? Right. Are we, well, and in <laughs> like adaptive leadership training, they talk about whether you're on the dance floor or you're on the balcony, right? But sometimes even being on the balcony isn't isn't high enough up, right? It's not a it's not a, a high enough vantage point to sort of at least to see the world. And not that we're going to see it uh, as it quote is, but yeah. at different levels, the world, our context, our situation, our own lives look differently, and yeah. um, and so I think. To, de- to de- I don't know, I was going to say, to, 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 depending on what plane you're on, but that can sound like I'm making it pejorative one way or the other, and I don't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is the beauty of, uh, one of the beauties, I think, of like astrophysics and the fact that we are, you know, kind of in our own space race again, um, and, you know, putting another rover on Mars recently, that like the Earth looks different from Mars than it does when we're standing on the ground. And that's, mm. and that's not to, I don't know, it's not to diminish our place, but it is to relativize it a little bit, you know, and I can hear yeah. people screaming about moral relativism already, but like, that's also not the point either. But <laughs> if we can't ever get, if we ever can't get outside of our immediate situation, or if we can't ever get outside the, uh, any kind of immediate context then yeah. we really will stay stuck. And I think that's part of what the resurrection about is about. And at its best, like all of the miracle stories um, 
<laughs> this is like Richard Rohr is it's not about saying hey look how cool my god is look what my god can do right. it, it's it's not it's not show and tell it's to sort of say where are our minds confined where are they limited to what is possible and what isn't possible yeah. and um and what um and someone being able to walk again doesn't have to be possible in order to for us to be having our set our eyes set too small on 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 what we can or can't do in the moment yeah oh yeah somewhere i encountered and I, yeah I, again i feel like you did too in the different readings we've been in, interacting with that um was it an einstein quote that said it's it's not that it's some of it's a miracle it's that it's all a miracle <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know who something said that. to that effect yeah i don't know who said that but that's good um and i don't you know i don't think it was a reference to the bible i think it was a reference to some of the miraculous things in science but to have our eyes open enough to realize you know like i said you just made me think of that with that perspective idea right like yeah uh, yeah <clears throat> Yeah, that is important. And to see not just the earth, I know the earth is a, a stand in word for, for us, but for people to see like our to have a perspective shift on ourselves, right? Yeah, to stand on Mars through our technology and have cameras there showing us things and realize, right, uh, how insignificant, how small we are, how um, and that's not said pejoratively either, right? right. Like, same thing with time when we all, when we come to those moments in our life where we realize, holy shit, <laughs> if I get a, a hundred years on this planet, I'll be lucky. Right. And a hundred years is nothing. Right. It's the blink of an eye. Right. So who the hell am I? And, and, and again, that feels like uh, a diminishing, but then it's a, it's not, it's, it's a waking up to the reality of I'm just one little tiny drop in this huge thing. Right. Right. I'm just one little piece. Um, and wow, on the one hand, how, how small I feel and how insignificant I feel. But, but then wow, on the other hand, I am part of a really massive. Yeah. You know, ecosystem. Yeah. Ecosystem, life, history, f force, a uh, river of love, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like, I am just one little thing in this larger thing that's going on. And it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that's amazing. Well, and I think, yeah, if we're, if I'm going to use science to relativize us, you know, I love astrophysicists who will say like, for all that I, for all that we know about galaxies and all that we don't, it's like, we still know far less about how the human brain functions. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so like, the mysteries and the wonder of the universe right inside each of our own heads, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, or the micro microscopic, I was just reading about this study they're, they're doing and the things they're learning about muons, <laughs> which oh, know, yeah, I hardly I, know what a muon is. And I could only get through about half of the article before uh, <laughs> feeling like I didn't know what it was saying anymore. Um, yeah. Did, did you just read this recently? I just saw a, a, an article title said something about the particle that could change our everything. Is that, did you just read this in the last couple yeah. of days? Yeah. 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 Oh, I'll have to look it study. up. Just, yeah. Look it up. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting, but uh, it is like they're, they're on the way toward discovering something they've had an inclination about that. Like this muon doesn't follow, um, mm. follow the, 
what's expected. And they've kind of known that, but like right. the more they can prove it, then it's like, now they have to really wrestle with it. Okay. The muon showing us there's more to the story, which we knew as far as like, um, you know, particle physics, they, they know they don't have the whole picture yet. So right. it's, it's, it's going to offer some insights into dark matter and other things. Apparently cool. <laughs> that's about as deep as I can take it. Uh, Sounds awesome though. I love that stuff. Yeah. I like it too. But like I say, this article that I read is like, I get like halfway through and like, okay, my brain's mush now. I think that's about all that. That's about all the good. This will do me right now. So I'll just be done with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. If the experts barely understand what it means, some random article is not going to elu yeah. elucidate it for us. Yeah. I mean, I did, I did do pretty well in my one physics class in college before <laughs> dropping the major. Yeah, that counts. Um, yeah, I mean, but even that though, right? I mean, the the fact that what was it a few years back, the Higgs boson particle, right? The thing that they thought yeah. was going to be the key to take things from energy into matter, right? And, they, yep. and uh, I mean, even just that is a marvelous idea. And mm -hmm. and I actually happen to know an astrophysicist, which is I sort of shake my head and smile every time I say it. I actually know, yeah. I actually know two, but I have a, a close relationship with one of them. <clears throat> and he says, I remember talking to him when the Higgs boson was in the news so much. And he said, I, uh, I said, so did you guys figure it out? He's like, well, kind of. He's like, but then every time we plug it into our equation, the equation blows up. I was like, I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think there's something to that too, right? Like that's not unrelated to this resurrection conversation, right? That no, it's, it's about... It is about how we try to fit things into what we already know. And, and there's mm -hmm. some part of us that that's, that's inevitable, right? Like we're all just constantly accumulating experiences. And so we have this growing bank of experience. And, and yet there has to be some contingency that we regularly work with, with what we don't know and what is still unexpected and um, what is still outside of us. Cause what's outside of us is most everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Right. But that's hard for us, right? Cause we're, I mean, we're a couple hundred years into uh, a fascination with certainty as a human race, right? Like yeah. we are all about the things we are certain of. Yeah. Um, and that's even where like the best scientists know how to hold that even in a field where it is all about certainty, they still do have this uh, imaginative and speculative and uh, playful mindset. Um, funny that it seems like they can keep it better than uh, religious people at times and the, and Scott, you know, theologians. Yeah. I'm listening to a, uh, Adam Grant's new book who is getting it. I don't know if I've even talked to you about this Adam Grant's new book who's got, tons of attention lately and in fact a friend of mine just sent it to me randomly jamie's reading it when one of her leadership uh groups but um a friend just, just arrived yesterday but i was listening to it on uh, audible and um he was actually talking about the value of the scientific mind is that it likes to be proven wrong because say that again sorry say that again you cut for just a second oh the value these are the, the value of the scientific mind because he, okay. he's talking about that as an alternative to a, a preacher, a politician, or a prosecutor. Um, he's got that yeah. nice alliteration going. He's like, but the scientific mind like almost enjoys being wrong because then it's mm -hmm. learned something. And yeah. um, 
and so there is something about certainty. It is about finding what's true, right? But I think um, so often what passes as science in in like our everyday life is really scientism, right? It's it's this yeah. it's this excuse. It's it's we use it as an excuse to like hold on to things that we believe with certainty, and then we call it science. But that's not really a science. People at the best of their field know, or at the top of the field are all about the mystery of it and they're all and they know how much is unknown in fact they know that that's far more um and the idea and this is what Adam grant was saying is that like the goal is to be able to find some amount of glee or some amount of pleasure in finding out that you're wrong <laughs> yeah yeah he's like so he's like but all of us hold so tightly on being right and that we've got our pride at stake in it He's like, it makes it really difficult to have conversations or relationships, um, let alone actually learn anything. He said, so, um, yeah, so the, 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 his part, one of his things he was saying was, is the goal is, is to get to the point where you can find some pleasure in being wrong. That's what we need. That's what we need in religion, too, right? Like you and I have been, I think, pretty blatantly pointing toward like a larger expansive view of of our understandings of the world and christianity and what it, it might mean and, and it's inclusive and expansive but that's what we need to find that joy in being proven wrong right like we because our mind will put limits on grace our mind will put limits on this notion of resurrection um yeah we need to start seeing or you know what an opportunity to start seeing the world and say all right prove me wrong <laughs> my my brain doesn't have any imagination for where new life could come out of this situation or that situation, but let me find the joy of being wrong about that. Mm. Yeah, that's another neat angle to take. Yeah. That would help my cynicism problem, I think. <clears throat> yeah, it could. You know, the other thing about liminal spaces um, that, you you know, you mentioned that one devotion to about transitions. The other thing that I forgot about is that uh, the ancient mystics would also talk about um, liminal spaces as thresholds, which I thought was yeah. interesting, too. You know, where where you um, one interpretation would be, you know, is where where the human and the divine come so close that the the space between the human and the divine is so thin that it's almost like you mm, can touch yeah. it. And um, I think I think the idea of a threshold is really interesting and not one that I think about very often. But you know, where where do we cross over into something new or into into the next thing or into another thing? You know, yeah. and um, and maybe that's the other part too is with resurrection or the idea of it, the lens of resurrection, it's to, it's to cross over into a new way of seeing a new way of understanding mm -hmm. the world around us. Um, and that the story itself and whatever may or may not have happened 2000 years ago is cool. Um, but that's not the factisty of it is actually irrelevant to us um, today. It's, it's the question is, is what do we do with it? How do we allow it to become in, to come inside of us and make a difference in our, in our own being and our own interactions? So yeah, maybe the resurrection is a threshold that we are asked to step into, to step yeah. over into something new, something different. Yeah. That's actually like what the stories, like back to like bringing it to, to, 
to Christianity, to religion, to the stories of the Christian faith and, and, and the church, like those stories don't paint a picture of people who like totally knew it and had it and held on to it as a solid <laughs> fact either, right? Like yeah. the resurrection stories, Jesus is showing up in really strange ways and then and then disappearing. Yeah. Like <laughs> um right. So it's funny because we like I grew up in a church that like it made it so solid, so doctrine, so like, yep. like, well, you're supposed to know this, right? Like, but the earliest stories don't even show people knowing it. It shows them like experiencing something radical and then having to go from there. Um, and sure, they talked about it, but they weren't like, they weren't, they were changed, but they weren't as like certain as we are, or so we tend to talk about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't let ourselves have it that way. Uh, I don't feel like enough. Um, yeah, I wonder, um, and maybe that we can think about putting a bow on this a little bit. But um, yeah, and I do. I'm getting sh short on time, and probably you are too. So yeah, um, the other thing that Adam Grant was saying that I find interesting is that so often we um, we tie our identity to our strong, to our most strongly held beliefs. And, um, and that, and when we do that, when we come up against something that challenges those beliefs or sounds like an alternative to those beliefs, we take it as a personal affront and like go into this. He says that it's, it's almost this primitive um, reptilian fight, flight or freeze mode. Um, when theoretically nothing is actually threatening us, but when we've, yeah. when we've merged our certainties <laughs> with our identity, um, we become highly reactive and, and therefore unopen, <laughs> you know, we're, we're closed off. Yeah. And so I wonder too, if there's a piece to which like you're saying religiously or whatever, and I don't know how you do this, but I like the idea of separating our identity from our deepest held beliefs that are, somehow we've acquired them anyways, right? They were never innately ours to begin with. And um, I wonder if there's something to that. I, in a conversation I was in a couple months ago, somebody's like, you know, but I've always, I've always, I've always had that belief. I've always deeply held that belief. Yeah. And like, and it, and it was a, an exact uh, example of what Adam Grant was saying. I was like, wow, nobody was actually challenging that belief. But that's where we live these days, right? Is that any ideas we have, if we associate them too deeply with our identity, we will protect them as though, you know, the, you know, as though the, the Calvary is coming. Uh, and um, wait, what did you say? Did I say it the wrong way? Cav cavalry. It's always about where you put the it's where you put the V and the L, right? Just like QAnon, right? Uh, cavalry. Yep. Cav cavalry. Yeah. But that cavalry. but that's exactly like that scientific <laughs> mindset, right? Uh, like you were just saying, like, wouldn't it be awesome if we could find a way to be like, yeah, I wish I could be proven wrong. Can't wait to be proven wrong about this belief or that belief because because then that'll be where growth happens, right? Uh, rather than identifying with it and feeling threatened by anything that, that we can't fit into our current systems or. Right. And maybe that's part of it. We think of ourselves as closed systems, right? And we only have so much space to squeeze something or somebody else in, right? 
I don't have any room for any of that. Well, maybe you got mm. maybe you got your walls on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Huh. Easter. Yeah. Resurrection. Far more to be said. But I appreciate it. I like this morning time. This is good. Yeah, I do too. And that was that was good. I mean, I actually I I didn't mean to say that as if we didn't get anywhere. We um because this this helped me. This helped me from where I was before we talked. Yeah. Of like who like I do want to live into this idea and I want to start seeing the world that way and I want to look for life and I want to um I want to I want to find out where I've been wrong. That's what I'm going to say. Mm, I love it. That's a good that's a good last word. Yeah. Cool. All right, brother. Have a good day. You too, my man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for the time. Yeah, you too. Bye.